Hey everyone, it's Casey. I am being brave and creating this podcast. I am not a celebrity. I'm not anyone famous. I am just here as someone who is trying to grow and promote growth. I think that's what is going to make this effort and movement a little bit different because I'm not a celebrity. I am not in the limelight. I am just like you and and everyone around me and average uh, in terms of uh, crazy. I have my crazy, but I keep it under wraps for the most part, right? The last few years, I've been thinking a lot about how with Facebook and social media, our lives are, we are celebrities. Our lives are out in the open for everyone to see good and bad. And that got me to thinking about just body image, perfection, feeling like, you know, your relationship's failing because so-and-so, they got a surprise trip somewhere and you are lucky if you get to go mini golfing. (laughs) So to me, I would be genuinely happy doing anything with someone that I care about. And to me, it would never be a competition. It would be, okay, you thought of something thoughtful for us to do. That's awesome. I want to go and I want to go have a good time. But when I kind of, I think about that, I think about just the, it's almost like a competition. Who in your friend group has the greatest life? And how do we know? We know through their Instagram stories and their Facebook posts. And that's a crack of shit. <laughs> and I will say, I was, I was absolutely building my own crack of shit for a long time. And I think it's important to talk about why so many of us do that. And what I believe would help a lot of us not feel so ashamed or less than others because we may not have that perfect Instagram story or those perfect cookie cutter moments for Facebook. I had a lot of unresolved trauma from childhood into adulthood. Um, I won't get into anything too deep, but just very high level. I, um, I suffered, uh, abuse, uh, when I was very young in a daycare, actually. Um, I was, my family was constantly struggling with finances. We often didn't have 
heat or gas. We always had one or the other, so we could microwave our bath water at times if we didn't have the ability to fill up our tub because the gas was cut. Um, I had times where I didn't know where we would be in a few days because we were being evicted. I had times that I was just truly ashamed of where I lived, how I lived, and I felt very isolated. And I did have friends. I had some great friends, but I never wanted them to come over. I never, I was never comfortable letting them in completely. So I feel like that's one of my first big areas of resentment, right? I resented my parents for not necessarily having that stable home and it being a place that I felt comfortable bringing over friends and having birthday parties regularly or just letting a kid, you know, down the block come in and use the bathroom. Those were always things that would incite panic for me. Um, And I always had to make excuses, which was hard. Um, But certainly, I know I'm not the only one that has gone through that. I know other people, other friends, other listeners have had similar experiences. Um, I ended up, we moved to Riverside and coming from Cicero Berwyn, where I know I'm going to have a lot of listeners, very, very different, different types of people, different types of expectations, different, very different atmosphere. And I have always been a bit introverted, but I'm also a sarcastic, smart ass, <laughs> and I, I love making people laugh. So it was never very hard for me to make friends. I was always able to find my group, but I always held back because I was afraid of them asking questions like, oh, Casey, can I sleep over? Or um, once my parents separated and my stepfather was in in the picture, my stepfather was amazing. He, he was a really, really good man, but he was really, really fighting demons uh, in terms of alcoholism and he and my mom because of his alcoholism they fought and not physically fought they got in arguments and their arguments would get so heated and so next level crazy there were times that my mom threatened to be suicidal she was cutting at a point and in my 15 going into 16 year old mind 
I wanted to cut myself to show my mom how ridiculous that was. So talk about trauma and shame. I was able to spend the day after my 16th birthday in a hospital under a a psych hold, which definitely not something I was proud of or something that I wanted people to know. Um, And throughout the years, honestly, I lied about the scar that I have on my arm to pretty much everybody. And for me, the shame is that I, I did that. I harmed myself. But in my eyes and in my thoughts and my world, I was, I thought, <laughs> right or wrong, I thought I was being resilient. I thought I was showing my mom, like, if you're doing this, I'm watching you do this. It's hurting me. So if I do it in front of you, will you see how ridiculous this is and not want me to be hurt? So it backfired. And the the little cut that I wanted to do to make a point was a lot bigger than I anticipated. And I honestly did not know the... I did not know that razor blades go through your skin quite as easily as they do. Um, And I promise you, after that incident, I never tried again, never had any desire or inkling to do that. I, before that occasion, I had, I had done a little, a little self-mutilation here and there when I was severely depressed and severely scared of what was going to happen with my mom and David. But it was like cigarette burns or or very small like scratches. Like it, it was not, I tried not to break the skin. That was like, that was my telling myself, okay, if you're not breaking the skin, then you're not, you can't be seen as suicidal because I never was. That was never my intent in any way. My intent was to feel something and to show my mom, look at what you're doing. Look at what you're doing to us. Um, but it, it was hard. My mom is an amazing mom. She was suffering through legal drug addiction with Xanax and all sorts of other stuff while David was going through his peak of, of alcoholism. And I, it was hard. It was just hard. But I think the hardest part was that we all fell in love with David. He was the most amazing man He was caring, he was kind, he was thoughtful. I'm gonna cry. Um, He taught my sister how to ride a bike. He taught me how to drive a car. He would bust my balls about 
dumb shit. <laughs> and he would cover for me when I was doing things I shouldn't have. And he was just, he was just a really amazing guy. And he really cared about my mother and he really cared about us. So it was really special for him to be in our lives. Unfortunately, um, because David did have a lot of issue with alcohol dependency and he also had high blood pressure my mom and um, David got into one of their last arguments well it was their last argument and my mom asked that he leave and that she wasn't going to live like that anymore and that she loves him she wants him to be healthy but she just could not continue having him around her kids in the state of addiction he was and I know it was hard for my mom she absolutely adored him and he was most certainly the love of her life but she knew the environment was not healthy for any of us and she chose us guess I never really thought about it that way and that that kind of sucks that she would have to do that but what what's hardest in, in this situation in particular is David went to stay at his mother's house and he passed away he they found him in his one of the the bedrooms at his mother's house he had had a massive heart attack and knowing he had high blood pressure he'd been drinking a lot it it was just too much he had been putting so much poison in his body for so long he was only 34 34 he was four years younger than I am right now that it's just holy shit it's just it's so sad and part of losing David and and part of what I want to be able to touch on and, and share in this podcast is Our world has gotten way too fucking judgmental. We have decided to shame anyone that is not perfect. And even the perfect ones, they get shamed too. Where is the understanding? Where is the compassion? Where is the willingness to stand alongside your friend, your partner, your parent, and communicate through the hardship. I think that our world would be very different if we didn't have to hide so much because in today's world, it's very hard to hide who you are, what you do, because someone somewhere may have got a 
a moment on TikTok of you or a, a Facebook video that you would have never allowed to be posted or an Instagram story that you didn't want to get out. It's impossible. And in reality, too, it's, it's not healthy to deny or hide big traumatic moments in your life. It's still your life. It's your experience. And while I think we're all very unique, I'm very confident that we're not unique in trauma. I have, I was abused. I was sexually abused when I was younger, um, preschool age. I was, um, was raped in my early 20s. I have stood by friends in police stations as they, um, they accuse their rapist. I have, I dropped out of high school. I hung out with typical neighborhood people and my life revolved around drinking, hanging out with my friends, um, definitely smoking pot and just not doing what a 16 year old should have been doing however I did I did have a job I got a job immediately I actually had a job when I was 15 before I dropped out um, to help my mom that was another struggle like financially it was it was always hard to get everything paid. My There's four of us, and my mom did her absolute best to get us everything we needed and wanted. But four kids, it's, it's a lot. And my dad helped with child support, but it I don't think it was always consistent, and the amount wasn't always... Um, it wasn't always enough. I mean, four kids. It, <laughs> and, and we all like food, and so um, I I give it to my mom she worked her ass off and made sure that we if we wanted something she would find a way she would find a way to get it and um, so going through all of that I think that in the last couple of years, I have come to realize how much that unresolved trauma has been impacting my life. I have felt ashamed. I felt angry. I felt 
disappointment I felt I felt like I'm too much there's just too much I have been I've been through that I feel like I'm constantly hiding a good deal of that but then I feel like I'm not I'm not being my authentic self because my authentic self has been through some shit and you that's like the the main hitters for teenage early 20s mid late 20s I married someone that I had worked with and we'd been together for almost seven years before we got married and while he was attending law school he became a heroin addict so I went from being a wife and a mother to our son to really freaking the fuck out not knowing what to do and just doing a lot of praying a lot of a lot of not sleeping because he would go and stay in random hotels and I am not the person that just says hey do you if something happens no uh, he was my husband even though there were not I was done with the marriage he is the father of my son of course I cared of course I could do I would do anything I could to help him and ultimately and thankfully he was able to go to rehab and he was still insured under my health insurance and um, was able to do all that and get get sober Um, but I will tell you I am not the girl that ever in a million years thought I would end up with a heroin addict. I was the girl that refused to date guys from the neighborhood. I refused to just, and I was an asshole. Like that wasn't right. I shouldn't have done that. There are really good guys from the neighborhood. It was just, there was just that stigma, right? So I don't date guys in the neighborhood. And then I find this man in Bartlett who apparently, I didn't know this until after we were married, he had gotten in decent amount of trouble with authorities for different things. And he, while it looked like he had the cookie cutter life, he most certainly did not. Um, but to that point, that was a good 15 years ago. While there was Facebook, there wasn't as much, everything wasn't out. It wasn't people posting literally multiple times a day, sharing every memory possible or Instagram stories or Snapchat now that all of that exists, you have all of these platforms for your your trauma. 
your shame and your guilt and your anger. And to me, it's almost like nothing if something happens nothing is going to be able to prevent that something from being shared in some way shape or form on social media and that's what's frustrating because I do, I appreciate social media. I appreciate that it's kind of holding us accountable, right? In not being able to hide so much bullshit. I had a really great conversation with my mom about my grandparents. They suffered with, from alcoholism. And because of that, my mom and my aunt had a really difficult childhood. And I asked my mom how, I know that my nine I was very secretive about the physical abuse that took place and it absolutely hurts knowing that she wasn't able to get help and she wasn't able to do anything to prevent that from occurring or to get my Papa Frank help with his alcoholism so that he wasn't abusive because he was a great man. He had a great heart and when he drank excessively, he became a monster. And I can't help but wonder if there was less stigma about aggression and addiction and being able to to say, oh my God, this isn't me. I, I need to get help without being shamed. How different could my mom's life have been? How different could my Nainai's life have been? And that's, it really got to me. And my mom said, yes absolutely she would have never ever ever said that any of that happened and I thought why why you think you're protecting your family but in reality you are perpetuating a cycle of abuse that is so unnecessary and allowing toxic relationships or I will say toxic relationship patterns to rule you because if you have that many secrets your secrets are running you you are not running your secrets So when I was thinking about that, I thought, Nanai, I really wish you would have, you would have said something. I wish you would have, I know you loved him. I know you loved him with your whole heart. He was your world. 
I get it, but there has to be boundaries. There has to be respect. And even though this only happened when they were drinking and he loved the hell out of her all the other time, it still wasn't okay. And I saw saw just some news story talk about how domestic abuse has increased over the last few years of COVID. And I'm like, no shit. (laughs) We're all locked up in our houses for almost two years with the people that we love, but that also know exactly how to push our buttons and make us crazy. So I just, I, how that wasn't forecasted or <laughs> how, how we didn't think of that and, and try to think up some really creative ways to give people support during that time. Um, I don't know. I feel like we could be so much more proactive. And that's really what I want to do here. That's what I want to do with this podcast. I want to be proactive in sharing my shame. Sharing the shame of some of my friends, some of my family, people that are willing to tell their story, share their story, and hopefully help inspire individuals that really want to break through the trauma cycle and really want to break that victim mentality and find someone that you can relate to that isn't a celebrity. It's not somebody who you see every day or who has this glamorous life. I do not have a glamorous life in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) That would be um, false advertising on my behalf. Um, Another, uh, just another, to me, it's a blessing for me, but I know that others see it as a burden. But my son is on the autism spectrum. He is nine. He is nonverbal and he is my muse. He is the one who keeps me inspired and strong and pushes me to do things outside of my comfort zone, like starting a podcast. I think that Nico is the most resilient, confident, silly, smart, sly charismatic little monster that exists (laughs) he is a trip he inspires me every day he never quits he gets frustrated sometimes but he he's constantly amazing me and and taking his education or his behavior or his awareness to a level that I just, I expected at some point, but 
he always gets to that expectation faster. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, but truly, Nico is my entire world and always will be. He has shown me the meaning of unconditional love and that love needs no words. Love is connection. It's kindness. It's compassion. It's patience. It's understanding. Even when you don't understand. (laughs) Um, And being willing to do the work. Right? I didn't know anything about autism. I didn't know. I didn't. I've never been around anybody with special needs in my life. So I was, say I was intimidated, overwhelmed is an understatement. I was terrified. I, I wanted my, my son more than anything in the world. I actually went through, gosh, I think it's over a dozen surgeries. Um, I have very severe endometriosis and I was told when I was 14, I would never have a child. I wanted to be a mother more than anything. I wanted to be a mom. So I put myself through the multiple surgeries, the crazy procedures like a uterine uplift and hoped and prayed that one day I would be able to have my baby. And I do. And I promise you, he is everything I could have imagined and more. And he very much reminds me of my Nainai, my grandmother. And I, I truly believe Nico is my gift from Nainai. There, and it was very peaceful, very calming, very goofy. And that is Nico to a T. Um, it's just, it's a lot of, I know it's a lot of back and forth kind of content that I gave you here in the intro, but what I wanted to do with give you little pieces, little parts of my story, and then I will have specific episodes at target certain experiences that I have been through and certain experiences that my friends have been through. And I will also encourage anyone, anyone listening to reach out. And if you have a story that you want to tell, let's get you to tell your story. Right now, we all need to level up We all need to be the the breakers of toxic patterns that have been shown to us generation after generation. I think we can do that by being 100% authentic by showing your successes and releasing your trauma. Maybe you don't want to release your trauma on a podcast. Maybe you don't want to release your trauma to the whole world. But 
even if you just release your trauma by writing yourself a note. What hurt me? How did it make me feel? How does it make me feel now? Anything that comes to mind in association with that trauma. And then burn it. That simple exercise will help release some of that shame and any negative thoughts around that trauma. Simple, silly exercise, but I've tried it. It works. So with that, I will end this session. My final thing that I want to say is obviously I am not a doctor. I'm not here to counsel. I am here to share real experiences from real people so that we can help heal some of the trauma in ourselves and inspire others to do the same. You got to do the work, right? But I had a mentor tell me one time at work that if you're taking a risk and it's comfortable, you're not doing it right. And this is definitely a risk for me. This is not within my comfort zone in any way, shape, or form. But I think it's an important message to share. And I genuinely hope it inspires others to do the same. I think the more trauma we can release, the more generational trauma that that we've carried on to that we can release or that we can find healthy ways to to grow through that trauma right I always wanted to help people from a young age I truly wanted to be a psychologist Um, specifically I wanted to be a criminal psychologist and I couldn't afford to go to college. I got a ge- or, or go on an extended college. I, I did go to college. I got my four-year degree, so my bachelor's, and then when I was looking at um, master's programs, doctoral programs, and the the cost associated with it, I I couldn't do it. If I were to do that, it would have meant getting into an insane amount of debt and having to go back to living with my mom and that for what for me felt like that unstable situation and I I, once I was on my own I didn't want to lose that and being away for college being on my own I, I I thought to myself like this is my dream but it's just it's not my reality and that's okay. I felt that getting into the career that I did, learning management skills, being able to help people in their career, lead them in a positive way, 
um, and make positive impacts on people's career that I was using psychology. I was using psychology every day to figure out what motivates this person, what motivates that person. And I, I saw a whole nother world of opportunity. And I've, I have, I've enjoyed leading. I've enjoyed change management and just working to understand those change resistant mindsets and their psychology comes into play too. So while I didn't necessarily see the impact of my degree initially going into insurance, I absolutely have utilized my psychology background on almost a daily basis. I also... I I joke, but I honestly, I feel like this life gave me a PhD in trauma, a PhD in overcoming bullshit. So I may not be a doctor, but I know I can damn sure help people if nothing more than encouraging someone to be brave, release their trauma. If I can do that for one person, I will consider this a success. So please reach out, share, leave any comments, suggestions, and... I, like I said, I'm completely open. I want this to be a forum of real people, real conversations, talking about difficult shit. And I, I have an episode that I'm, I'm already recording regarding the, um, the sexual assault that I... I don't even know how to say it. it it's... It's a very weird thing, and it feels very awkward. I don't like saying rape. Sexual assault sounds... It's like it's hard to get out. Um, But I think that's because I haven't gotten it out. And I haven't shared. And only a few people know that story. Um, And I think that particular story is one that is really, really important for women to hear, especially prior to the Me Too movement. There were a lot of women holding back and not seeking justice because of negative assumptions or not being believed and it's it's sad it's really sad and I can tell you that that instance has shaped my relationships in certain ways and I have been closed off I have been very aloof Um, 
it's I just feel guarded and I don't want to feel that way but after that experience it just changed it just changed how I felt about dating my body sex it just I I felt I felt gross I felt ashamed and I felt stupid and it's so it's so not fair that I felt any of those things because I definitely I didn't deserve what I experienced and I I just I know that it happens way more than it should and I'm hoping that sharing some of these stories will help those other people that have suffered in silence through similar experiences and they can come share them and we can talk about it together we can talk about my experience and your experience we can talk about what you learned what I learned there there is so much value in sharing your story with somebody that had a similar story because one of you may have felt really really good about how you handled it up to a point and the other one may have the exact opposite experience but you both had the experience which gives you that that sense of community right and nobody wants to be in the community of sexual abuse right but so many of us are so instead of hiding or being ashamed in sharing that and meeting others that have gone through similar trauma talking through trauma it's like it takes its power away when I talk about my trauma I feel like I it's not ruling me anymore I'm ruling it I don't need to hide I don't need to be ashamed I don't need to not be my full authentic self because of something that someone else did to me. So please listen. Let me know if you're more likely to listen to a shorter podcast. I could break them up. Um, I was thinking about 45 minutes to an hour, but I can go to 30 So any and all feedback is much appreciated and I do hope you, um, you found value in listening to me and hopefully feel a little inspired and will give me some feedback to keep this going in a meaningful direction.